Welcome to Full Court Press, the podcast where two basketball fanatics think that the greatest dance craze of all time is the Macarena. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Felix. All right, guys, before we get this episode rolling, first, we want to thank all of our listeners who have gotten in touch with us about this podcast. It's because of you that we love expressing our thoughts on basketball and why we're so excited to be on this podcast journey. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're just two basketball fanatics from Toronto that want to share our hot takes and insights on a sport that's near and dear to our heart, and we hope to keep you entertained and intrigued with our discussions. Keep in touch with us and follow us on Instagram at fullcourtpress.to, which you can find in the episode description, and make sure to subscribe to the show and download episodes. We're on episode 14. Let's get it. All right, yo, Bonnie. Yes, sir. The Rockets recently just hit a 20-game losing streak. So officially, they're the first team in NBA history to have both a 20-game losing streak and a 20-game winning streak. Do you remember that 20-game winning streak? I'll give you some bonus candy if you know. I actually don't. It was uh, 2008. I actually remember it because it was actually it was a fucking crazy time because our boy Kyle Lowry was on that team. I'm 100% sure about that one. But it was the Houston was this before his big booty, or did he already have a big booty? He always had a big booty. I think he was just always drafted with the big booty. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I think he just got. I think he just got famous when <laughs> he started uh, uh, backing it up in Toronto. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that, that 2018 was led by Rick Adelman, the coach, and Yao Ming was on that team. And it was like Louis Scola, uh, Aaron Brooks, Kyle Lowry. Um, I remember for some reason, you know how I, when Kyle Lowry got traded, uh, got, no, I don't, did he get traded or he, when he signed with the Raptors, I always, I always remember him on that team where he did a chase down block. It was actually a pretty nasty block. I don't know if you ever remember, but, Probably I'll show you. I don't you think I after. remember that. No, 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 no. Because it was actually a big thing. For I don't know. For I don't know. Sometimes that's me. I always little shit like that just just is embedded in my memory, and I'm just always gonna remember. But he did a crazy chase sound block, bro. Like he was coming down, and he was he was I don't know. I don't know who it was though. That's the only person I didn't know. But he was running, sprinting. He and he 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 leaped, bro. Like I think his head was almost at the rim. I swear to God, that that team was actually really like I give my props to it because it was a well coached team. It was like no superstar. I wouldn't even consider Yao Ming a superstar because it was the later legs of his of, of his uh, career. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he had like what three? He he played for another three or four years, and he was done in twenty eleven or something like that. Yeah. All right, Felix. What's this episode's positive affirmation? Yo, it's actually gonna come from my turtle from Kung Fu Panda, bro. I don't know. I don't know how many movies you guys watch from uh, Kung Fu Panda, but that motherfucker drops on wise wise lines, bro. So here's this one. Quit or don't quit. You're too concerned on what was and what will be. There's a saying, yesterday was a history and tomorrow is a mystery. But today, it's a gift. And that's why it's called the present. That's fucking dope, right? This guy dropped some nice, nice lines in that movie. Yeah, man. He was basically... Like, what's his name? Um... Master, is it Master Ugoi? Yeah, wow, you Master nailed it. Ugoi, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a real Kung yeah, Fu Panda yeah, yeah. fan, eh? Yeah, man. The bet, like one of my favorite quotes from that movie was when um Poe was looking up like the stairs, and he's just like, "My worst enemy, stairs," or something like that. Yeah, this guy, fucking Jack Black, <laughs> man. 
And Angelina Jolie was on that was on that movie too, yo. That was actually cool. I think they were pretty close friends, if you you know. Yeah. Also, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was on. Who the uh, fuck was, in that was too? Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen was the um, the monkey. Ah, uh, no, no, no. The monkey was Jackie Chan. Oh um, yeah, you're right. Seth Rogen was the praying mantis, I think. Oh what? Oh my god! No, bro, that's yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that glass shatter thing? Like you just shatter my glass, bro. I had to go watch it. I had to confirm it myself. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the thing with Kung Fu Panda. Like, especially with all those kid shows, even Shrek. Like, there's so many sequels that you watch the first one and you're like, fuck, Kung Fu Panda 2? Okay, I gotta watch it. I, I gotta know what's gonna happen now. And then you're just in a rabbit hole and you just watch all three. Yeah, bro. Like, like, I remember doing that earlier in the pandemic and I just watched all three. Yeah, yeah. I and I, I know when I watched the third one, it was like, I was home. It was like a lazy day. I'm like, yo, let me just put this in the background. Like, I just literally ended up watching it. I didn't even touch my phone or anything. I just watched the whole fucking shit. But uh, the same shit with <laughs> same shit with Shrek. Like, I always thought Shrek with the first one was the best one, but you just you know it's just tendency. You just gotta watch the rest of it. You know. So mambo number five, Ice Ice Baby, 1985, Stacy's mom and teenage dirtbag are just a handful of one-hit wonders that music lovers will always remember. Whether you recall the lyrics or you can hum the tune to these songs, it just holistically stays in our minds. And same goes for basketball. In this episode, Felix and I will talk about basketball players that were one-hit wonders. But before we dive in, Felix, what songs can you remember that were like, one hit wonders there's a lot you know it's actually so funny i feel like most of the the one hit wonders were in the 90s yeah i, I like every decade man yeah like but 90s, you know 2000s, like if i had to go on, if i had to go on the top of my head there's uh who let the dogs out oh yeah baha man yeah. yeah who let the dogs out <laughs> no 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 <laughs> and then well see see that so i seen that song that was in the shrek song remember I mean the Shrek or in the Shrek yeah, yeah. movies. Uh oh Baby Got Back. Yes. Baby yes. Got Back, bro. Um It Takes Two. It takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I know you know yeah, that. Yeah. Um Top Thumping from you know Chumbawamba. Oh. <laughs> Chumbawamba, yo, Chumbawamba was funny, bro. Like I it's just a funny name, first of all. Uh, yo, uh, even this one, this is a, this is a, this is a good one, actually. Somebody that I used to know. Yes, Got Ye. Got Ye? Got Ye? Someone, got ye, someone has bro. to correct I don't know. the pronunciation. <laughs> got Ye. <laughs> <laughs> yo, this is, actually, this is the funny one. Achy, breaky heart from my boy Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Oh my God. Yo. Right, see, I told you, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving you some bangers. Every time I hear Achy, breaky heart, I'm just imagining as a kid. Going to a lot of like Filipino church parties. Oh my god! And shout out to JC Jahil because his dad is a DJ, and like he'd always come to our church when we were kids, and he'd always play that song. He'd always play that song, and everybody got up, and we they just started um line dancing and square dancing to Aki. Yeah, Heart. you know, you Filipinos go hard, bro. I do remember JC's dad. He was a he was a cool <laughs> DJ. But you guys, you guys, yeah, you, yeah, man. you Filipinos go hard for um, the karaoke. You guys, I think you guys hit all these all one one hit wonders, bro. It's an unofficial competition, yo. Like, there's a microphone there, and they're like, "Oh fuck!" Like, 
who's gonna sing right now like who's <laughs> do you ever <laughs> you know? yo, i'm not a singer but i don't have a really great voice but do you guys ever do the karaoke with their when they uh they give you the score like they, oh, they yeah, score 100%. you out? because they're just like oh okay here comes your score okay oh 86 it's not that good mm. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> and then they just judge you from there which is hilarious i'm about to i'm about to like gas myself up because highest score i ever got was 100 with another friend and <laughs> it was a guy and we both sang the aladdin song um with jasmine oh a whole new world a whole new oh, world bro. sick yo i was jasmine and he was aladdin bro i don't know how we got 100 we didn't even sing after that because we were just such on a big high and nobody even beat it. You know what I mean? It's funny how like, it's funny how like the non-singers always end up getting a higher score than the singers. <laughs> that's so true. That's, 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 that's the fucking truth, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Quick songs too that you may have forgotten that were one hit wonders. When everybody gets Rick rolled. Never gonna give you up. Ooh, yes. Never gonna give you right? up. That guy, he doesn't look it, but he, he had that deep voice. Like you look at this in, in the street, you will never think he yeah. has that voice. And that, you know what? Let's take it back. That's the song when you're trying to download download song on LimeWire. <laughs> then you end up having this <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> I know you uh, remember that. You, you download fucking 50 yeah, Cent man. song and say, what the like, fuck is this guy? Man, LimeWire. Guys, LimeWire. <laughs> I think the song, like, at least for me, you probably for you too, was Riding Dirty by Chameleon Air. They see oh me my rolling. God. Chameleon Air. <gasps> Bro, I remember he was like, he was on a, he was on that all-time high when Pimp My Pimp My Ride. And you have like Oh yeah, yeah, with the exhibit. Yeah. yeah, bro. You always he always, they always played that song. I used I actually used to bang that song a lot. <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode. Um, so Felix, let's talk about or talk to me about the the whole injuries. I guess that's happening right now in the league. Like those 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 yeah those players in the league that are high profile and are injured. Yeah, you know it's actually I'm gonna just name three so far, but. These three actually are the league leaders of the either the MVP or the Rookie of the Year. Sad news that, you know, LaMelo Ball probably going to be a unanimous Rookie of the Year. But he uh, he got injured and he, he got his wrist injury and he's out for the rest of the year. So there's about like a, there's a good 30, 30, 35 games left to play. Um, do you think that's going to hurt his chances in winning the Rookie of the Year? I don't think it's going to ruin his chances, man. Like going back to... Um, even just all-star voting, right? For whenever, when we were talking about uh, voting for all-star starters, in terms of end-of-year awards, I don't think this would hurt his case. Hypothetically speaking, even if he loses Rookie of the Year, he would still be a high-profile player going forward in his career because the media has always been on his ass since day one. Oh, right? yeah, 100%. You know, you, know that's, you know that meme where, where Andy drops Woody and says, I'm done playing with you? That's what you know, Zion was a big was a big talk <laughs> last year, and nobody's Zion's killing it this year, but nobody's talking about Zion. Everyone's talking about Lamelo, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They they just immediately dropped him. So yeah, hundred percent. And like uh, 
like yeah, you're right. In the, in the MVP leaderboard, I think the second runner, the runner up would have been uh, Tyrese Halliburton, your boy. So I think there's still a big gap between him and Tyrese Halliburton, unless James Wiseman comes out of nowhere and fucking kills it. But I just don't think he's gonna lose that rookie of the year. But maybe, but that is a big loss from the Hornets. So I, I really, honestly don't see them making the playoffs without Lamelo. What about you? Yeah. Like, because Indiana, that may be correct. Yeah. No, but Indiana, Indiana is out of the playoff race and Charlotte is eighth right now, right? I know the standings change all the time, but Indiana just got Karis Lavert back. I just really don't, I, I still see Indiana sneaking in. And if you really, if you know, if you still really believe in our Raptors, then the Raptors still has a good chance to make the eighth spot too, you know? Yeah. Cause also with the Raptors, like, I think recently, uh, um, we got everybody back. Fred Van Fleet, we got everybody back. Yeah. So, I guess we'll see how that goes. But with LaMelo Ball, although he's not going to be playing for the rest of the season, right? Is his Was it a wrist? Like it was any- a wrist injury. He's Yes, a wrist injury. He's out for the... Uh, even really, like, I haven't seen a very uh, detailed report about it. But yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. So if that's the case, I mean, think about Scary Terry. Terry Rozier's, like, very first game this season. Remember how many points 40 he 40-something, right? Yeah. So... I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of of the Hornets. Um, I think they could still make uh, the postseason. It, because in terms of their identity as a team now, they all are buying into each other. I think it's been a long time since um, since Kemba. Since Kemba was on that squad that they, that they actually believed in themselves. I mean, Kemba, Kemba on that squad was Charlotte when there were still the Bobcats, right? Kemba was um, Charlotte, bro. It just, it just yeah, never made the but playoffs. Like they, it just, it just never, yeah, they just never made the playoffs, never translated with the right pieces. But now they got, like, PJ Washington is pretty good. Miles Bridges is going to work. Like, Gordon Hayward. People forget about Gordon Hayward. He really man. proved himself this year. Like, I didn't think he was going to be, I didn't think he was worth that money. But, yo, he's actually proving that he's worth that money, bro. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you can't, you can't dismiss, um, you can't dismiss Charlotte just yet. But other than just Charlotte, um, you know, Joel Embiid. And LeBron. Right? What's going on with him right now? And LeBron. Yeah, so what's going on with, with uh, Joel they're Embiid? Both, they're both out. But Joel Embiid had like a, a very scary fall after a dunk. You know, everyone automatically assumed that he's out for the rest of the season. Thank God it wasn't a very major injury. But I know they're going to take, they're going to take their time to bring him back. Um, He might be out for a couple of weeks. But do you think that's going to hurt his case? Because you know what? You know, I always, you know, sometimes you, you always catch yourself saying it every year, but this year with the MVP caliber players is going after MVP this year. I still think it's a tight race. Like I really think it's a tight race. Uh, I didn't think, I didn't think Joel Embiid would have, would run away with it, but him out really loses like the case. Right. And same with LeBron, like with LeBron, he had a high, high knee sprain. I, I know sorry, not high knee, a uh, high ankle sprain. And usually it takes about five and a half weeks, six weeks to really come back. And even coming back, uh, they're they're not always a hundred percent. It takes some time back, and given with LeBron's age and his his mileage on the on his body, you know, I want to say he's gonna come back because you know LeBron's just a genetic freak. But you don't know, right? Like a lot of a lot of late injuries really fuck up uh, great players in the end. You know, case in point, you know, obviously not as severe injury as Kobe Bryant, but after Kobe Bryant ACL tear, he wasn't the same, right? But uh. Yeah, those two those two players out, uh, I think really blows out blows up the MVP uh, race. I don't know who's gonna win, 
right now front runner would have been will be right now will be Nikola Jokic. Uh, Nikola Jokic has a fucking a fantastic case for him to win, and let's see how those teams gonna go. Because Joel, I think still I still think Philly is still a well coached team and they're pretty decent without uh, Joel Embiid. But uh, with the Lakers, they have LeBron and AD out, so that's gonna really really gonna mess them up with the standings and not having LeBron for two two months is gonna be is gonna be a big blow. They might, you know, they're gonna be desperate to get Andre Drummond on that team or something, just to keep them by. But they're just a few games ahead of in that in play tournament thing. So, you know, people say don't worry about it, but I'm not really worried about it. But saying that I might really gonna fuck them up in the playoffs. What do you think? I think both the Sixers and the Lakers can still perform at a high level without Joel Embiid, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Reason being is because. That could also potentially be an NBA Finals matchup, right? Sixers versus the Lakers, right? The favorites right now to be heading into the NBA Finals, that's an Eastern Conference team, would be the Brooklyn Nets. But the fact that you still have Ben Simmons on the Sixers, you still have, you know, Danny Green, Seth Curry, Dwight Howard, Tobias Harris. Dude, the comments that he made about, you know, that he's an all-star. I fucking 100% agree with that shit. But on top of that, it's the fact that you know, think about what Seth Curry said too. Seth Curry said how the only reason that his brother Steph is good is because he's he's getting the ball more often, but Seth is claiming that he's the better shooter, right? I don't know if that's 100% true. That I mean, he did say that his brother gets more touches than him, but... Do you believe that? Do I believe that? Um, I don't really believe that because I haven't seen other videos that prove otherwise on his his work ethic. Again, you don't have to do that. You don't have to prove other videos to, you don't have to release videos of how good you are. Um, you just prove that on the court. I mean, case in point, Kawhi Leonard, quiet motherfucker with no social media presence. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Sixers will be fine. I think they'll be fine. I just don't think, I think they might just hurt their chances to finish the, the regular season as number one. Like a top seed? Yeah. Yeah. yeah as a top seed, yeah. Um, but like you know, yeah, because like you said before, like the Bucks are like right behind them. Bucks, right? Bucks, as well as the yeah, Nets, Bucks so. is winning. Like they're nine and one in the last last ten games. Uh, that you know the Nets has been winning. Those two teams, and you know, shout out to my Hawks, bro. They won eight in a row after firing firing the coach, and they have Nate McMillan at the at the front. Uh, that's surprising because they were pretty pretty deep, and they had a really bad bad start in the season. But no, 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 no. Like I really do think. Uh, you know what? I always say like top seed should it matters, but with a pandemic, you're not even really getting a full crowd. So in my opinion, I don't really think seeding even matters in the playoffs. You're not really getting any. You're not really getting a full fucking crowd. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with that because the whole point of this season only being 72 regular season games compared to your normal 82 regular season games, I think it, this is going to be the test of all time in terms of playoff basketball. The bubble was a different story. But now this is being translated throughout, you know, the United States, being that if they will continue to travel back and forth, right? Yeah. Whatever this case may, may be, because I really don't know how that's going to how that's going to happen if it ever came, comes to the to the NBA finals. Will they will they do a bubble again? Do you know? I have no idea if they'll do a, a bubble throughout the postseason, because I know they'll still do the the wild card seating. Remember? Yeah, they are. They, they, that. they, so that's still a thing, they right? So, thing, yeah. No, but exactly. So I don't know, bro. I don't think they're gonna do the bubble because they kind of still trying to show that they have 
uh, home court advantage because they still have some fans coming to watch the game. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I just like like honestly, I just don't think seating is going to be a, is going to be a problem. I really don't. And then also to add on with whole with uh, LeBron and and AD, um, this will now be the test to see whether or not they could their their back to back caliber champions because I may have some questions about Frank Vogel as a coach. Yeah, you're right. Right? You're right. Because I feel like cuz he's he's been gifted the talented like a lot of talented players on that team. He's been it's a gift. Like he doesn't really he doesn't even really have to coach like even if LeBron is injured for these next 6 to 8 weeks, he could be on the bench as a coach, as a player coach and be like, "Yo, you got to be at this spot." Like, you know what I mean? Guard your man on on at the top of the key. They're going to be running this play on on the defensive end. Like, you know what I mean? Because like you said before, LeBron's basketball IQ is up there. And the thing is, with Anthony Davis injured and or or also day to day, like he can also pick up. The th- There's pros to being injured as a star player because you're starting to see your potential opponents that you can that you may meet in 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 the playoffs and how to like you know dismantle them. Because when you're in a game as a superstar, you're like you're like fuck it, I'm gonna score twenty points easy, but. It's not that they can always, it's not that they have the time to break down the game and be like, yo, this is how we can win against this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and then like my last thing on that topic will be like, you know, LeBron's uh, legacy is basically saying he makes the coaches, you know? And I think he does make a lot of coaches look really, really good. I mean, it just honestly, if I had to think the only coach that was really, really decent and not even decent, like really, really well, like a really well coach, uh, coach will be uh, Eric Spolstra. I still have my doubts with Ty Lu, but Eric Spolstra is the, actually, he's not going to be like a uh, the goat of coaching, but he was a really great coach. And, and look look what he's doing in Miami, right? He, look what he did last season. But uh, every other coach, Mike Brown, um, David Griffin, you, you these coaches are just, they, they weren't top tier coaches. So let's see how well Frank Vogel has with this squad, without AD and without LeBron, see what they can do. Okay, yo, Bonnie, uh, before we get into our topic, our next topic, uh, I actually came across talking to this, this guy at work and he was saying to me, like, you were just talking about ball, whatever. It wasn't like a, a crazy deep conversation, but it's actually a pretty good question I wanted to ask you. He says that AI is probably the best scorer. Like, obviously, let's just put Michael Jordan out of the way, but the best pure scorer ever in NBA history, right? Like, even with MJ, I, I think, I want to put him with MJ level, but then I, so if without even speaking about MJ, I said off the top of my head, I'm like, no, I want to put AI over Kevin Durant because I still think Kevin Durant is as much as whatever his legacy is, you can't deny his talent. He is a really great pure scorer. He has his hezzy. He has his shimmy. He has that pull up three. He has the length. He's not 6'10". He's seven fucking feet, bro. And he has the handles. You know what I'm saying? And he has a wingspan too. So I just don't, like, if, if I, I was a little bit taller, 6'3", 6'4", maybe Dwayne Wade's height, bro, I think it would be a little bit more tougher tougher uh, answer. But I really don't see AI being a better scorer than Kevin Durant. The only thing I will give AI credit is where he definitely, like, gets all the praise in the world. He really did change the culture in NBA history. Like he was able to bring that hood Tennessee without like being 
he didn't care about being criticized. You know, he brought that gold chain, the swaggy, swaggy pants, the swaggy shirt, you know, the swaggy fucking jacket. He had the tattoos, right? And you don't really think too many players in the 90s and the 80s having all those tattoos. He was one of those first players who got all tatted up. Now look, now look where the league is right now. You know what I mean? He changed our culture. That whole 2000 era was AI changing our culture. That's what I give him to. He's a GOAT in changing the culture in that sense. But uh, what about you? What would you who you would pick? And if you agree with me with the if AI really changed the culture like that. Okay, so first with the whole um Allen Iverson is a better pure scorer than Kevin Durant. I will make the argument that if Kevin Durant was AI's height, he'd still be better than him. Oh, see? Thank you. Because their play styles are completely are completely different. Like the fact that, first of all, AI when he was he was the the tail end of of the point guards that used the crossover that was outside of the paint, like Isaiah Thomas, Tim Hardaway. They always crossed over like inside the paint by the elbow, and their crossovers were were, were tight, and they always got to the rim, right? Whereas Allen Iverson, if you look back on that one, especially that one, uh, that one clip and that one highlight when he was a rookie. I believe he was a rookie, either a rookie or or a sophomore. MJ. And he was going up against MJ. Exactly. Crossed him twice. Though that crossover, exactly. Yeah, crossed him twice. And that crossover was happening above the three-point line. Like he he introduced the whole he also introduced the whole ankle breaker like culture in the sense that like I can get to my spot before you can. Like I can cross you up and just chill by the pinch post or by the mid post and just and like hit a mid-range jumper or just go straight for a layup, right? He, his game is a lot different. His game is so, so different. Because I think Allen Iverson is, his game is a feel. Yeah. He feels for the game. Like he, I, I think he, he knows when to pass the ball to his, to his teammates. He knows when he has to score. Like he's, he's built for those big moments, right? Like he played for Georgetown, especially all the Georgetown like big men. Like I remember what Shaq said. In terms of what Georgetown guys do that were that play big, fake left and go right like all the time, and like you could see that in terms of Allen Iverson's game sometimes, like he he could do that, but on but on the court, and he's and he and he was a threat as a backcourt because small guys are fast all the time, right? At least in his case, Allen Iverson is fast and small all the time, and with Kevin Durant, he's a he's he's a different breed, man, in terms of scoring. He is the pure scorer, I would, I would, I would say. So I would have to agree with you. Yes, Kevin Durant is a pure scorer, a better pure scorer than AI. Kevin Durant, because he's seven feet, again, length, wingspan, um, you know, he could he could collapse defenses on him. Like he could draw the defense on him, and and there's nothing that you can do. His fadeaway gets it from Dirk, right? Yeah. His his hezzy is like killer. Better than I'd even argue better than Carmelo's hesitation. So you don't know what he's gonna do. He's unpredictable. He can get, he could shoot the three consistently. He's a 50, 40, 90 dude, right? He could he could dunk like like it's nothing. He could lead the fast break. He is unstoppable offensively. Offensively. He is like the pure score. 100 percent Um I appreciate what what your coworker said about like Allen Iverson being, you know. Um, I appreciate the comment that he that he said, like, you know what? Yeah, he's a pure scorer and all, but he's not better than Kevin Durant. What I will agree with you on is um I definitely agree with you on the whole 
Allen Iverson has changed basketball culture and how the and and how basketball is being viewed. Because if you watched The Last Dance, right? If you recall what Michael Jordan was saying in the mid to late 80s of the of the Chicago Bulls, the guys his teammates were were high. You know, like the NBA had an image problem, right? And so with that going forward, it was it was it was it was really a battle an internal conflict within within the league. But when Allen Iverson came into the picture, people are just, hold up, hold up. Allen Iverson, he could dress like that? He could have cornrows? He could have tattoos? He could wear arm sleeves? Why isn't the NBA doing anything about it? Because the NBA all, again, cared about image, but he made, he made it okay. He made it all right to be yourself. Because I think one thing that a lot of people forget that is that although yes we understand as fans that the nba is a business at the same time we have to like realize even though the nba is a business there would be no nba without its players the basketball players are the ones that are you know helping you the organization the franchise the front office etc make money without these players you have nothing so let them be them let them play for you the way that they'll play for you. Let them represent the way they want to be represented. Authenticity is like the most important thing, you know? Like, sure, you can get criticized. And as a player, you can take criticism in both dark and light, you know, um, ways, I guess you can you can say. But he definitely changed the culture. He made it okay to be, like you said, from the hood or like have hood tendencies to be like, yeah, you know what? Um I'm going to just stay true to me. And if people follow, people follow. And if they don't, they don't. I really don't fucking care. You know, and that should be like your mindset is, hey, man, I'm good at what I do. So it doesn't matter how I dress. It doesn't matter how I look like. I'm good at what I do. And I'm actually helping my city win. Facts, bro. Right? Yeah. 100%. I totally agree with that. He did really bring the cornrows, though. <laughs> he was sick with that. Yes, sir, man. Like Carmel. Yeah, Carmelo. Carmelo followed through with that. When when he when he shaved the head, I'm like, oh, bro, he looked weird. I I really like cornrow AI is probably the best AI ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Same with same with Mellow. Yeah, bro. Mellow cornrow cornrow Mellow was also good too. And then like he lost the bet, I think. Yeah. And they were both on the Nuggets, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're gonna get into this episode real quick, and you guessed it, you're right. We're talking about one hit wonders. We talked about one hit wonders earlier in this episode about like songs and whatnot, but there are relationships with one hit wonders in terms of basketball players. There are a handful of basketball players throughout NBA history that had one great season or had a really good breakout year or had a great uh, recognition within the league and within, you know, the basketball fandom within the basketball world. So with that being said, Felix, what's one basketball player that you or two basketball players for that matter, that you would consider to be a one-hit wonder. Yeah, bro. Yeah, actually, before you even get this, you know the most annoying one-hit wonder song was the Rebecca Black Friday shit. Oh, yeah, Friday. It just, it just, Friday, it just fucking popped Friday, in my head, bro. Gotta get down on Friday. That shit was so annoying. Everybody's looking forward yeah, know, to the yo, weekend. Yo, this guy knows the whole... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh, stop. my God. Yeah, Go that, that, that was fucking sick. My first player, <laughs> my first player I'm going to get into, it'll be Mr. Michael Carter William. Everyone knows him as MCW. But you know what? Um, even without even searching up 
Michael Carter Williams, especially like we're ball heads. We're, we've been ball heads since, uh, fuck, since years, like two decades, right? So if you ever tell me, yo, describe Michael Carter Williams, I'm always going to go to his first game he ever played for the Philly. And it was against back-to-back champions, uh, Miami Heat. And you know what? He fucking killed it. And he, he actually put a staple on himself. Like, a, like he brought the high expectation upon himself because, bro, he fucking killed that game. And they won. They, and this is, this is like a, this is like a fucking shit team. They were still in a, they're probably playing for a next high pick in a lottery, you know? But they beat them 114 to 110. Here is his stat line for that game. Debut, first of all, okay? Against, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, all those cats. Ray Allen, bro. It was a very good Miami Heat squad. He had 22 points, 12 assists, 9 steals, and 7 rebounds. That's almost a good triple-double, right? And just that one game, like I said, it brought a lot of expectations upon himself and upon the whole team, right? They said they probably got over the next best big thing for them, you know? And it just put a staple for the whole year. He ended up winning Rookie of the Year, and that was probably the only thing he could accomplish his whole, his whole career so far. And by far, it was his best season. His first season was his best season. He averaged 17 points, two steals, and six assists, and six rebounds. He was a 6'5 point guard, a 6'6 feet wingspan. I know I'm boosting, but I had to compare it to something. But if he was a little bit taller, he's close to a modern-day Ben Simmons, actually. I was going to say Magic, but I think he was more closer to a, like a Ben Simmons, right? He had the wingspan. He had the height for a point guard. And he honestly, he shot obviously better than Ben Simmons, but he had the the first six seasons. It was just he didn't he couldn't surpass his first. He went from Philly to to Milwaukee. Milwaukee was also a lottery team. Imagine, imagine if he was so good, and then he had Giannis coming up. You know what could have been, but he never really lived up to the expectation. He kept bouncing to team to team to team. He went from Chicago to Charlotte. He went to Houston for those three years or four years. He didn't even average more than six points. If you ask me if he was he still in the league, I would probably say no. But he is playing right now with Orlando, and he's uh he doesn't have a large role, but he he was supposed to come off the bench with Cole Anthony, but Cole Anthony got injured, so he's he's actually averaging about 26, 26 minutes a game, but he's only averaging nine points a season. So he's on honestly, he was really was a a one hit wonder, bro. But do you remember anything from Michael Carter Williams, or did you even do you even remember that first game? I don't really remember. Like, I remember, I kind of remember his first game and I, and I just remembered his name, just Michael Carter Williams. And like, you know, that time at the Sixers really needed help. Like they were, they were trash, like, like nonstop. Right. And they were trash. So I didn't really pay attention to Michael Carter Williams, but there was like a couple of games where I, it was just his play style that caught my attention. Like he was, he was kind of like a shorter, lankier, um, not lankier, but he was just a shorter, lanky, uh, Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram style of player as a guard. In yeah. a way, um, at least from what I recall, but he didn't really leave an imprint on me. If, if you're ever going to talk about his career, it's just honestly probably that first game, that first game against LeBron in the Heats, and you know whatever. I think that whole that whole draft by itself was a trash draft, so he didn't really have any competition going for that rookie of the year. But he was, he was my one-hit wonder. He was probably the first person I actually thought about off the bat when we're talking about one-hit wonders. And my second one would be, I don't know if people might agree or might not agree, but Isaiah Thomas. 
Uh, he was a legit definition of uh, underdog. He was the 68th pick, so that was basically just the last pick of the second round in a 2011 draft. Last draft with Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Kemba Walker, and he got drafted by Sacramento. He did fairly well. That was also a trash team, so he, the team wasn't contending or anything. So he had a lot of opportunities. They gave him minutes, and basically he built his trade stock. He uh, he got traded from Sacramento to the Suns, and it was just basically a one year rental. Where he, where I don't know if you remember this too, where the Suns actually had Goran Dragic, Isaiah Thomas, and Eric Bledsoe. And those three were actually like a little mini three-headed monsters because they were killing it, bro. They had a lot of potential for that team. They made their own statement. They weren't contending or anything, but you wouldn't want to play against those three. But from there, he he she showed his potential. And from uh from the Suns, he went to the Celtics. So in those six seasons, six, seven seasons, from when he got drafted to 2018, 20, I'll say 2017. Three of those years, he won, uh, not won, but he averaged 20 points per game, twice with the Celtics and once with, uh, with Sacramento. And his last two years before that hip injury, he was back to back all stars. The hip injury was the killer for him. He never was the same after that. He just deflated and whatnot. But before his injury, he was an upper tier scoring point guard in the league. He was very short, man. He was five nine. So he was really, really giving like hope to all the shorties out there, you know, <laughs> like, I always thought that, you know, obviously every kid's dream is like, yo, you want to make the NBA. But the first thing you got to think about is how tall are you going to be? Because obviously the statistics of making the NBA under six feet is very, very, very slim, right? But in, uh, it was when he was in Celtics, I think that was his, that was his moment where he was leading the team. He was, he was leading the team at the point he was averaging, his best season was that he was averaging 28.9 points per game in the regular seasons. Before he went to Eastern Conference Finals, I guess Cleveland, they obviously lost, but he was playing through a hip injury and he declined a surgery, which actually made it worse for him. Like, you know, a warrior's heart, you just don't want to stop playing. But that, because, you know, if you have a chance to go to the finals and win for, and go for a chip, fuck it. Why not? Right. But he, I guess he didn't know the, the context of his injury. And then when he when he got the surgery and all that shit, he just literally was not the same. And then he got traded for Kyrie Irving for basically it was basically a swap, you know, because that's how good Isaiah Thomas was. So to really take that in though, he was good enough for it to be an equal swap for Kyrie Irving. And we all know how the talent Kyrie Irving is, right? But um, we had to describe one one like uh, a moment in his career of Isaiah Thomas, well, even without even searching up or whatever and not listening to any experts' opinions about it. What comes to my mind was when he was playing in the East semis, game two. Before the game two, he found out his his sister died from a car accident, right? And, you know, any other person would have just take a day off and not even a day off, bro. Take a few weeks off and, and mourn for his sister and mourn with the family. But the man pulled up for game two and he dropped 53 points. You know, I remember all these things where like, even before the game started, he was sitting down on the bench. He was getting comforted by by one of the Morris twins and just... You know, he was crying, you know, like you can't really hide that, those tears, the emotion. And for him to pull up and draw 53 points and a W, it really like, it, it was even more, it was more than basketball for in, my, in that opinion. In my, in that moment, it was more than just a playoff game. It was more than just basketball. It was just a guy who wanted to go out and play for his sister. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately with that, he, 
he well that was probably one of his last best years and he got the hip injury and then he he, he bounced around the whole team he he bounced around the whole NBA basically after the cherry carry Irving he only played 15 games with, with LeBron James on the Cleveland Cavaliers and he wasn't like I said he wasn't the same they didn't get what they they expected um I think Cleveland got robbed with that trade and he didn't like I said he didn't last longer than 15 games he started bouncing around the league he went to the Lakers then he went to Denver and the last team he was on was on the Washington Wizards. And right now, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that he's actually on Team USA playing for the country, but also trying to get an opportunity to come back in the NBA and, uh, and play and play and get another shot, you know, and show what he's, what he's worth. It is a hot topic around the NBA. Like, you know, why isn't he getting a shot? Why isn't he playing on a contending team? But, you know, that's what happens when, when a big injury really, really, really derails your your career. So what was your thoughts on Isaiah Thomas? Do you agree with me about he was a one hit wonder or do you agree that he should get another shot at NBA? Yeah, like I, I agree that he's a one hit wonder. Um reason being is because the whole his whole time in Boston was like his year, right? And or not even his year, but his years, right? So like for that matter, he was the guy. And it was so absurd because we're just like we were also we were amazed because he was under six feet, and you always want to root for the little guy as a so fan, has, right? Um, you know Nate Nate Robinson, Nate Robinson, Spud Webb, Muggsy Bogues. Like we all love small guys because we're relate. They're relatable. We're possibly the same height. You know what I mean? Like fuck, I could have been there or stuff stuff like that. So definitely, definitely like a one hit wonder because to see the things that he was doing when he was with Boston, I couldn't believe because I was just like. Mm, Maybe maybe it's just luck, but then you realize again in in the postseason. No, this was skill. Like this was this was pure skill. This was pure skill and hard work, and it was evident because you know obviously with his sister passing away, that really like lit the torch in him and saying, "Yo, I'm gonna go fucking off right now." And when he dropped that fifty, kind of solidified his name in the league. But that also made I feel um, some NBA organizations and other NBA teams kind of hesitating because if you look at his entire career right is it consistent because to stay in this league you have to be a consistent player even if you're a role player right all right um in terms of the two players i selected for being one hit wonders i'm gonna go with tyreek evans man tyreek evans Y'all remember Tyreek Evans? I remember he that was guy. He's a bad bro. motherfucker, man. Uh, if you put he Tyreek, was a bad motherfucker. Tyreek Evans had that gap in his teeth, bro. I always gonna remember that. Right, man. Made me want to have a gap in my <laughs> teeth. No, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Tyreek Evans. Um, he was drafted in uh, 2009, and he was the fourth overall pick, and he was selected by the Sacramento Kings. He actually got picked before Steph Curry and Demar Derozan, with the with the first pick being, I believe, it was, it was Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin yeah. that year. And right, it was Blake Griffin, yeah. And and in his rookie season, he was averaging twenty points and five point three rebounds and five point eight five point eight assists, winning the rookie of the year in twenty ten. Like, can you imagine winning the rookie of the year? Looking back now, Tyreek Evans won the rookie of the year over Steph Curry and over DeMar DeRozan. Like, that's just insane. Anyways, like just looking at his career going forward, he stayed with the Kings for four seasons. But then in 2012 and 2013, he suffered a knee injury, right? So that kind of like made him questionable as 
as a potential star player in the league or even as a basketball player to invest in as a team, right? But he then was acquired by the New Orleans Pelicans um, in a signing trade deal, sending Robin Lopez to the Portland Trailblazers and former Raptors Grievous Vasquez to the Sacramento Kings. And, and he was with the Pelicans from 2013 to 2017, right? Um, in 2017-2018, he ended up playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, Memphis was going to be close and dear to his heart because he played for NCAA uh, Memphis team, right, in college. So that was pretty dope. And then he ended up playing for the Pacers from 2018 to 2019. He made a little return to the Sacramento in between, like, 2017 and 2018 as well, a little return. But that ended up being a little trade, I believe, amongst him, Langston Galloway, um, and Buddy Heald for DeMarcus Cousins, I believe. But yeah, the only reason why he kind of went off the map is because he was actually d- dismissed from the NBA, from the league, for violating the anti-drug program. According to the NBA's guidelines, a player can be dismissed and disqualified from the league for testing positive for a drug of abuse or if he is convicted of or pleads guilty to the use, possession, or distribution of a drug of abuse. Now. You know, other players that are also that fall under this category would be OJ Mayo, another um, one hit wonder. Right. And um, and Chris Anderson. But the thing is, with Tyreek Evans now, he's a player that can be reinstated only with the approval of both the NBA and the NBPA and within a two year span. And it's already and this happened in 2019. So essentially, he could be back in the league sooner than we know. But right now, his. His um his status is MIA, I guess. And I trust trying to see where he'll go from there. But he was he did have a little run in this in the league. His best seasons being his rookie season and then his his uh season in Memphis. So hope he's definitely a one hit wonder in my eyes. Uh but yeah, man, what do you think about that? No, you're right. Like I like when he did that rookie of the year, and you're right, he was over Steph Curry, DeMar Rosen. Nobody was talking about Steph Curry. I mean, well, there was some chatter. But I know for a fact nobody was talking over DeMar Rosen. Everything was all about Ty- Tyreek Evans, Tyreek Evans, right? So I do remember him. I remember when he hit that half court shot and he, he did like the Dwayne Wade thing where he jumped on the fucking table and he said, This is my house and shit. Yeah, you're right. He was definitely a one hit wonder because, you know, you didn't really hear anything after the rookie year season. Yeah, man. And now my final, my final one hit wonder. I think it's a unanimous one hit wonder for all basketball fans around the world. Jeremy Lin. Yes, sir. You know, Lin Jeremy Sandy. Lin. He is he is the definition of a one-hit wonder. Um, you know, his career as a basketball player is probably one of the best stories out there that basketball fanatics sometimes overlook and should definitely take some time to invest in because his story is pretty extraordinary in a sense. Um, in high school, in his senior year, he played for Palo Alto High School in California and he led his team to a 32-1 and record where he won a Division II state title for the California Interscholastic uh, Federation, averaging 15.7 assists, six rebounds, and five steals, five steals in high school as a senior. Pretty impressive, right? In college, he actually sent a DVD of his highlights <laughs> from, from his high school games to Ivy League schools, right? Um, University of California and Berkeley, you know, Stanford U and UCLA. These were schools that he wanted to get into, right? But at that time, however, only Brown University and Harvard were the only teams that guaranteed him a spot, right? So in 2010, when he declared for the NBA draft, sadly, no team 
chose Lin. No team chose Jeremy Lin in the NBA draft as stars such as John Wall and Gordon Hayward and DeMarcus Cousins and Paul George were picked way, way before him, right? But later that summer, in 2010, Jeremy Lin joined the Dallas Mavericks in their minicamp. And he played in the summer league that during that summer. And Donnie Nelson was the one who invited him, the Mavericks GM. And he offered him to play in the summer league. Following that summer league in, um, invitation, Jeremy Lin ended up receiving offers from the LA Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, and then also an unnamed and unknown Eastern Conference team. I'm still trying to get into that and seeing like which Eastern Conference team that could have been. He could have played in the East, but at, at least earlier in his yeah. career. But yeah, he ended up choosing and uh, signing a two-year deal with the Warriors, you know, because he's from the Bay Area. And he was a hopeful to play alongside as a backup for a sophomore in Steph Curry, right? He then left the Warriors and played for the Knicks. And that was when Lin Sanity was born. Like some proper, not even proper, but some most, the most memorable Lin Sanity moment would probably be against our Raptors when it was 87 87. It was a tied game in the fourth quarter. Now, as a basketball fan, you know, especially he was playing with the New York Knicks. And, and, and for all, if you're, if you're from New York and you're listening to this podcast from like right now, you guys know for a fact, especially Kenny Smith talks about this on NBA on TNT and inside the NBA all the time. Like fans recognize your game, right? And the amount of Raptors fans, or at least the amount of people in Toronto that were cheering for Jeremy Lin, was insane. Like it wasn't. It wasn't even insane. It was insane. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, I do remember that. On top of that, like he was just right. Like he he ended up knocking down that that three pointer with 0.5 seconds left on the clock. Like he was the talk of the town. Like he was on GQ magazine. He was on Time magazine. He was in Sports Illustrated. He became a global phenomenon overnight, and um, it was it was amazing because first of all, he was the first Asian American player ever in the NBA to like I believe I forgot that I forgot this is like a public knowledge fact but he basically like had or averaged or had like 139 or like 150 points within his first five game start which is the most by any player yeah, in I, do, I do remember that but on top of that he he was just breaking down barriers and what it meant to be you know a person of color in the league um and being an Asian American basketball player in the league right um but then after the whole insanity kind of dwindled a little bit he then left in in like 2013 2012 2013 and he played for houston from 2013 to 2015 but then en ended up leaving houston because houston was now invested in in, in developing their their roster because they, that's where they ended up, ended up getting james harden right and because of that jeremy lynn just became trade fodder right for for organizations just bouncing from uh, from the LA Lakers to the Char uh, Charlotte Hornets to even the Brooklyn Nets and then even Atlanta. And like it was so cool because, you know, Trey Young was a rookie and Jeremy Lin could have been like that veteran to show Trey Young the tricks, I guess. But I feel like Trey Young would already knew exactly what he was doing and had the right people around him. So Jeremy Lin wasn't really there. And then he ended up in Toronto in 2019. At least he and got that chip. He got the chip, exactly. And he ended up getting the chip in Toronto in 2019. But I feel like a lot of things that play into uh, Jeremy Lin's story is the fact that I think it was, I think either New York or Toronto would have been the perfect fit for for him or even LA um, and Golden State. Whether like those four cities 
in particular because in terms of how the that team's market is and how diverse it is city-wise I guess you can say right just like the demographics it, it just made sense to have Jeremy Lin on our team and that's where he you know he obviously like I said before he became the first Asian American to win an NBA championship and he now plays for the G League for the Santa Cruz Warriors but it's still unknown as to where his career will take him um, obviously there's this whole backlash with Jeremy Lin in the news recently within the media of um, one opponent he was playing against in the G League calling him coronavirus, which is obviously a racist statement. And the G League is now doing an internal investigation on that. And they know who the player is, but I, I believe they're not naming that player. But yeah, that's just a gist of where Jeremy Lin is at basketball-wise. I think for the most part, he's like the definition of a one-hit wonder in today's modern NBA. But I feel like his ceiling wasn't that high. I don't think he would have been like the one of the greatest for sure. Like he was just like a well-known, oh fuck, yeah, I remember he was balling back in the day, yada yada. Like I think that was it. And and yeah, like I wish I wish he had more. I wish he was still, you know, playing for a Raptor squad. Um, I wish him all the best because he's breaking down barriers in terms of what it means to be an Asian American in a predominantly, you know black and white league for the most part right and yeah i guess we'll just have to see where where he'll where he'll end up yeah bro you know when you say lin linsanity bro fuck it was wild i know you say i know you think about like the raptors was your uh memorable moment of him mine was when he went up against lakers and when he faced kobe he dropped like 38 points just, oh yeah and he dropped like yeah, 38 man, like when he did that i'm like yo when he you know what's so funny it was like I think this was a time where Melo wasn't playing, even Amari wasn't playing. So it was basically Lin. That's right. It's just so him. and then when he had that first game, just he just it was just him and yeah, Landry yeah, yeah. Fields and Tyson. Chandler. When he had that, when he had that first game, like oh okay, you know what you expect? Like the stars are not there, so somebody's gonna put up the numbers. Then the second game, same numbers, like oh okay, whatever. Then when he when he and then by the time he went to the when he faced Kobe, it's like who is this guy? It was like a good two months of insanity, and it was like. And these were spectacular games. And I was like, yo, what? And nobody was even watching anything. Everybody was watching Linsanity. What he's going to do next? Because his, his upbringing, right? Historic. He came out of nowhere. Basically, he came out of nowhere. He was legit. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, if, if you're going to search up uh, One Hit Wonders NBA uh, NBA edition, you'll be the face of it. Because was, that was his two, two months of high. You know? Like, that was his high. That was his ceiling. And he fucking is amazing at what he did in that in that stretch. And it's, it came from a really good city too, like the Knicks. So it blew up even more. You know, I, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal if it was from like a like a very small budget team or or small market team. But it can, just because it came from the Knicks, it blew up real quick. And you know, and you're right. I, you're right. You didn't have that ceiling in in to to begin with. I didn't. I I just thought it was just you know you know the Space Jam thing, secret stuff. I think he just he was just sipping on that. Yeah, Michael secret stuff. Yeah. He was sipping on Michael's yeah, secret real. stuff. But shout out to you, Jeremy Lin. We love you. All right, guys. So we're just about to end off this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at fullcorepress.to to keep up with Monday, Wednesday, and Friday content. And keep in touch with us. Send us some DMs. Follow the hashtag fullcorepress.to. And yeah, let's get into this last segment. It's going to be a game. 
It's I believe it's going to be called the three word summary. And uh, Felix, take it away, man. Yeah, you know, it's a three word summary game. And I'm just literally going to give you a, a mix of teams and players. And you tell me if you basically describe that team or player in three words. All right. Count me down. All right. In three, two, one. Boston Celtics. Disappointing like shit. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler. Sip on coffee. Oh, that's a good one. Lonzo. My brother's better. Oh, shit. Uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Love you, Kendall. <laughs> uh, Trey Young. Need a cut. Uh, Pelicans. Zion is crazy. Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards interviews. <laughs> they're, they're golden. Ja Morant. Mean mugging motherfucker. Triple Ooh. M on that shit, yo. He's... He's fucking he's a laugh dope. I said more than three mm-hmm. words than that. But oh, me yeah, that got you horny, yeah. eh? Fuck. Here. I'm going to give you the last one. And there are two players. So I just want to know. Kat and Anthony Edwards. Together? Together? Like as a duo. What do you think? Three words. As a duo. Three words. Could possibly happen. I'll be like... Could possibly happen. Mini Shaq and Kobe, maybe? I don't know about a Shaq and say, Kobe. I mean, but like, like, meaning, like, like not, not on their level, but like at least something. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Full Core Press. We'll catch you in the next one.